0: I just want to wake up every day, throw a leg over my scoot, and ride.
1: American Roadrunner. American Roadrunner.
0: Stories from the road. Whether you are a rider, wrencher, racer, or just a weekend warrior, this is the show for you.
1: You found us, my fellows. Welcome to the American Roadrunner Motorcycle Show. Brought to you by the book American Roadrunner. And now, your host, Bob Marshall.
0: Welcome back, my fellows. American Roadrunner Motorcycle Show. Yes, it has been a minute if you're keeping track. It's been a busy year so far. 2021 has just proven to be slammed. And I'm a little behind at putting these shows out. However, I did get a chance lately to sit down with our guest for today, one Miss Lacey Kendall. If you're from the Inland Empire, you will recognize her and her voice from 9 to 7 Rocks. That super cool radio station we all get to enjoy here in the Inland Empire, i.e. Riverside, Burdew, all the cool places I'm a big fan of Lacey's. I got to know her through some friends and family who also happen to be in radio. And boy, she had one heck of a motorcycle story, and I just had to capture it for y'all and play it for y'all. Let's think. Upcoming events. Um, I'm heading out this weekend. Going to hop over to Grants, New Mexico. Over in Grants, uh, our buddy Andrew, Mr. A.J. Wizard, has been kind enough to put on a nice little... Memorial weekend, memorial ride for our friend Robert. Uh, Needless to say, Robert was one heck of a chopper dude. Unfortunately, he passed away a few weeks ago. I don't know all the circumstances for that, but Robert was always a good guy. I got to meet him a handful of years ago. Uh, I remember we were at a show, and I brought my Honda V-Twin 1100, and I was the only guy at this chopper show down in Bisbee Just spewing water all over the place. Well, Robert was a guy with some red caulk, so he let me steal some of his red caulk, and I was able to seal back up my water system and get on home to Southern California without an issue. Uh, Needless to say, Robert would pop up here, there, and just about everywhere, and uh, he—he had one heck of a ratchet's chop as well. He, uh, you know, he may not have been a stampeder, but he definitely knew. He knew how to keep up with, uh, with us Stampeders, and I'm, I'm going to really miss him. So um, I'm excited to spend some time and hop over to Grant's and hang out with uh, some of our fellow chopper heads and some fellow Stampeders and get to celebrate Robert. And all the good stuff, uh, good stuff he gave us when he was here. So, show today Lacey Kendall, 96.7, KCal Rocks. We're going to also do a bit of a tech corner, bringing that back. Everyone likes a good tech corner. And, uh, well, maybe we'll do a few Ride 1Ks as well. Always happy to share the stories of those who have conquered the self-challenge known as Ride 1K in a day. Welcome, American Roadrunner Motorcycle Show. Check, 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 check,
2: check, check, check. I want that dude to...
0: Like the 4th of July. Testing one, too.
2: So, my name is Lacey, and... Test, test, test. Everything look good? Levels? Everything
0: looks great.
2: Okay. Cool, cool, cool.
0: From this, on location, the American Roadrunner Motorcycle <clears throat> Show. It's not uncommon. People ask me, how the heck would you ever get into doing a Darren audio show? And the answer is, as I've mentioned before... I have friends in low, I mean high, places. (laughs) And because of that, today you are graced, my dear fellows, with this one Lacey. Now, I'm going to tell a quick story because I like telling stories. Okay. When I was a kid, my father was a huge fan of radio. Because he was such a big fan of radio, he would follow... DJs as they changed radio stations here in Southern California and the Inland Empire. And he was a traveling salesman, so he would move around, go around, do exciting things all over the place in his big Caprice Classic. So he knew what DJs were on at what time. I'm sure a lot of you might have had fellow fathers or yourself knew good DJs. So as you follow good DJs around, you get to know them. Uh, In my later years, recently... I've gotten to know some really good ones. So today, I'm very excited to introduce to you my fellows, one Miss Lacey. And if you happen to be in the Inland Empire, you might know her as one of the voices on 96.7 Kcal Rocks. I'm going to let her get into the good details about who she is (laughs) and all the exciting things that motorcycle riding Mm. has brought to her life and her road. Lacey, thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me, dear. Yeah. Yeah, Well, uh, yeah. as you mentioned, yeah, I'm Lacey from KCAL. I've been for 30 years. Yes, I am.
1: Um,
2: I, uh, I also have various other careers. I'm a professor of communication and broadcasting at uh, Cal State San Bernardino and at their Palm Desert campus. I'm an audio engineer and uh, a broadcast engineer. And I'm also uh, most recently the co-owner of a property brokerage uh, in Southern California called California Curb Appeal. So that's that's what I do That'll when I go to busy. work. Yeah, yeah, way busy. Yeah, Good for you. and I love riding motorcycles. I have for some about twenty years now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So just to put the presents on y'all, I've gotten to hang out the last two hours. Lacey's wife cooked us a wonderful dinner. Uh, we've been having a really good time hanging out here at our home in Southern California. So we've already gotten to share a few good stories. But you were mentioning there was a point in your life when a motorcycle was your only mode of transportation.
2: Yeah. So um, I'm going to tell a story that I've, I've not shared with anybody Please. before. So, you know, when I was a kid, I loved motorcycles. I loved watching motorcycles. Uh, cousin of mine... Uh, without my parents knowing took me on a ride on the back of one and I said this is magical yeah. it's just magical and so I said to my parents many times I'd I'd love to have a motorcycle or a mini bike." It was the thing back then and my mom said yeah baby that's that's just never gonna happen right. it's not gonna happen over our dead bodies uh, that will ever happen and so um I had a great childhood and everything was great But never got a mini bike or a motorcycle. And in 2000, uh, I lived through what I'm certain is the toughest thing I'll ever live through, but uh, my whole family passed away. And uh, my mom got uh, cancer of the pancreas. My dad became very depressed, ended up with pneumonia and died of heart conditions. Um, I halfway jokingly say often even the damn cat died. I had a half-brother, and he passed away from uh, uh, issues related to diabetes. And so it was a a pretty bad year. It was a pretty bad year. And so um, the darkest part of my whole life was what happened in the three years after that. And I kind of ended up getting mixed up with... um, maybe some of the wrong people, and so I started partaking of a drug that made you feel awake when I was so depressed. All I wanted to do was sleep, and um, and I, I did that for a while to keep things going because in the condition I was in, I was so depressed that my true drug of choice was sleep, and I slept for days, and things started falling apart, and so after about three years of that, a couple that had met me, at some damn KCAL thing, um, who were fans, as they put it, uh, sought me out. And they said, we heard that you you weren't doing good. And so here's our number. So give us, give us a call. We want to help you. And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, I'm fine. Everything's fine. And the weirdest thing was, over the next many months, I ran into these people, the husband and the wife, over and over and over again. And every time they handed me a piece of paper with their telephone number. And... After a while of this, um, on the day 9-11, the 9-11, I woke up, I turned on the TV, and I went, wow, now the whole world is as screwed up and effed up as my world. So um, I don't know what inspired me, but I walked uh, from one end of San Bernardino to the other end of San Bernardino, and I knocked on their door. And... One of the things that that family did was they said, we're going to help you out of this and we're going to make you feel better. And one day you're going to laugh and everything's going to be great. and You're going to be you again. We promise. But they introduced me to recovery. And one of the weird things that they did that made no sense, there was a lot of things they did that made no sense until, you know, they made sense. But, um, the, uh, husband, his name was John. They called him big John, uh, He gave me a coffee can that had the lid duct taped to the umpteenth degree, closed with a slit in it, and he said, however many times you used to buy that stuff that you did um, per week, I want you to find a way to get that amount of money and put it in that can, and just keep your expense continuing. Keep the expense continuing, but we're going to work on you and get you feeling better and doing better, but you're going to keep that expense going. And I said, why? And he said, well, that's, that's just to be revealed. So I did that for a while, and then one day at their house, he had me sit down at the kitchen table and make a list of 10 things that in the last three years that had been dreams of mine that I had trashed or put on the back burner because I was busy being sad or being high or something. And so I made a list of 10 things that uh, I had wanted to do, but, but stopped wanting to do. And there were many cool things listed on that list. But uh, I gave that to him, and I said, what's that for? And he goes, yeah, I, yeah I'm not going to talk about that now, but it all will be revealed. So I went on uh, with them for about a year and a half. They worked with me, and I was going to recovery meetings and getting better, making good friends feeling healthier, getting healthier, acting healthier, going to church, all the good stuff. And getting back into radio, because I had told everybody at the radio station when my family died, I said, I'm taking a year off for uh, uh, personal uh, work, working on me. But I wasn't really working on me. I I was making myself sicker. And I never went back. And when my year was over, I just... I just never went back. So um, it had been three years now, and I'd been at the lowest and all over the place and now working on things. And uh, and I had had a year sober and um, two years with this family. And one day I went to their house, and uh, I had a car that I'd had all this time, and Somebody hit my car when I wasn't even in it and totaled it. Mm-hmm. And I'd let the insurance lapse. Yeah, it yeah. lapsed. And uh, and I knocked on their door and I said, so what's the point in all this? Because everything's still fucked up and everything's still a mess. There's no point in any of this. Two years and nothing. I'm still a mess. One idiot hits my car and I'm, I'm tanked. And he said, honey, uh, would you go look under the mattress and get that envelope, and so she walks in there, and he says, "I'm gonna give you a ride." And so I got in his van. We went to this little apartment I was staying in. He goes, "Go get that stupid coffee can." So I got the coffee can. We went back to his house, and um, and he said, "Open the coffee can." So it was really hard to get open because he, like I said, <laughs> he duct the shit out of it. Right. Okay. Right. So we razor blades and everything else. We finally, got in the coffee can. And we opened it up, and oh my God, there was like uh, six, seven hundred bucks in there. And I said, "Well, so what is this? F- what is this for?" And his wife handed him the envelope, and he said, "Open that envelope." And I opened it up, and it was my list. And he says, "Somewhere on that list, there's one or more things that you can afford. Look on that. Let's see what you can afford." And so we. We both leaned in towards each other, and we looked at it. He said, give me that pen, and he checked off a few of those. He goes, okay, there's four things you can afford. Four things that you couldn't have during those three years, okay? But today, you can. Yeah. You can. Now, which ones are you leaning towards? And I can't remember the other things on there, but one of them said, I want to have a motorcycle. And he goes, how come you never did have one? I said, my mama said, not while, not, not while I'm alive. And he said, well, I'm sorry, your mama's not alive anymore. But your mama's not alive anymore. And I think, and I'm just kind of leaning in on your thing, but I think you need to get a motorcycle. I think you need to take a class. So you learn how to control it. You learn what to do in peril, how to slam on your brakes and how to not, you know, kill yourself, but how to really operate it under treacherous conditions. But I think, he, I think it's time. And I said, why? And he said, I think it'll heal your heart, and I think it'll calm your mind. And I've ridden a motorcycle for many years, and I know it'll do both. So th- I think one of the funnest things I ever did was we took all that change and turned it into bigger bills because it was a lot, of, a lot of change and ones and so forth, and we counted that out. And, Um, we went shopping. We we went on uh, Cycle Trader and ended up in Hemet, California. There was an old guy there, and he had a a Honda 180. And uh, my friend John looked at it, and it was in excellent shape. And he said, well, it was one of my favorite bikes, and I kept it the garage. And even when I didn't ride it, I started it up and kept it running. But I, I need to get some money. And so it's the time to sell it, but I want to sell it to the right person. So he pulled my friend John aside and he said, "Tell me about this girl. Is she the right one to take over my prize little baby? Even sure. though it's even though it's just one eighty, sure. it was it meant a lot to me." And so my friend John said, "This is a this is a solid little girl," and uh, I insisted that she take this very seriously and take a class. So I did. I took the class that was offered by the California Highway Patrol. Uh, some off-duty officers taught that at Norton Air Force Base, and I did that for four days. Took uh, both classes and learning how to skid and, you know, uh, what do you do when you if you have to lay it down and when do you use the front brakes and the back brakes and so forth. And I became a pretty, pretty good driver of that bike. I took it very seriously. And I rode that, and the cool thing that I got out of it and I, that I want you to know is that he was absolutely right. My... My heart was very sad still, and my mind was always racing with, I wish I'd, I wish I'd, I wish my mom was here. I wish my dad was here. I wish it didn't. I wish this didn't, and all of that. And when I rode, it got quiet. It got quiet. And that all that committee meeting in my head, people shouting and things just raging, it just got silent. And I'd not found anything that silenced that. And so um, I rode a lot. I rode that thing all over the place. I rode it on the freeway. You don't suppose they have 180 right. <laughs> on the right. damn freeway. I was in the slow lane. <laughs> Just riding that thing yeah, well and, and, and looking over my left shoulder, trying to make sure there's no officers coming up or whatnot. Never got pulled over. Nothing but good ever came out of that. And um, Anyway, eventually uh, my friend talked me into, that family talked me into going into a, a pretty extensive program. And he said, you're, you're sober and you're clean and everything, but you are uh, sad still. And so if you'll go into this program, I think you're going to end up happy and you deserve to be happy. Okay. So I said, well, I'm happy on my bike. And he said, you need to be happy when you're not on the bike. So I went to this program, and when I came out, um, there was an insurance check that had just quite coincidentally, um, and I mean that, arrived. And it was enough money, I could buy a brand new bike. So we went out, we got this very sexy midnight blue Rebel, and he said, it's not a big bike, but it's bigger than what you had. And it's, it's at least a real bike.
0: Well, and I've got several of them. I'm a huge fan of the Rebel Two Hundred and Fifty. Yeah, I'm, I'm above, over the moon with them. I love them.
2: I feel you. And I was legal on the freeway now. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: right. Okay,
2: <laughs> and and a and a damn safe driver. So uh, anyway, I got that, and I I went from there on to, uh, I wanted to get a bigger bike, and I got a, a Yamaha Six Hundred and Fifty. And I can't even tell you what the model was, because this is what I did. I bought it from the chaplain of the police department of Colton, California. Okay. And his nephew had passed away, not from the motorcycle, but he'd passed away and he'd owned that. And, uh, and the day that I bought that, his wife and the chaplain, they stood there, they said, sit on the bike. And they put their hands over me and they prayed for my safety and my wisdom while I was on that bike. And that God would just lean in and keep me and anybody in front of me safe. And that never failed. That never failed, that prayer. And so um, I took that bike, and uh, I, I I started working again. I was now working. I was in radio, and I was uh, got a job working at the university, and then— I went on and got my master's degree because when you work at the university, your education is free, so I went class by class until I got a master's degree. Then I got a higher position. I was still riding that bike, and um, I did a business plan for some businessmen I knew, and they got a million-dollar contract out of it. And so they went and asked for my bike, and they had... Oh, I want to remember his name. They had one of the world's most famous motorcycle and race boat painters okay. paint my bike.
0: And this was all around
2: 2000, give or take? Uh, now we're talking about 2007. Okay. About okay. 2007 we're at now. Okay. And um, so anyway, I got a $5,000 paint job. On a bike I paid $3,000 for. And he took right. anything that said Yamaha on it. It was a Yamaha Classic Tribute. Right, right. That's what it was. Goodbye. And so it looked like a Harley, but now it was a nothing bike. It said no name on it. And now it had a $5,000 paint job on it. And uh, when I went there to get that bike, I was just, I was blown away. Uh, the best ride, you're, uh, I'm going to jump ahead. I know Please. I know Please. you're going to ask me, what's the best ride you ever did?
0: L- Lacey being in radio, she will outdo me in this mm. game all day long. I'm I'm know so I know the
2: interviewer's gig. I know your gig, brother. Thank you. So the best ride I ever did was in that bike with a fresh paint job. I rode from Rialto, California to San Simeon. I hit nine beaches in 11 days. And that was an amazing ride. And I had a friend on the back and a backpack, and I bought all, all the gear bags and everything. So there was uh, plenty of gear in there. And that was, uh, that was the moment that I, it, in those moments of silence, in, inside of my um, helmet, riding on, on the highway up the coast, that's the moment I said, I'm okay. I ended up okay. I really did live to this. And um, and I'm sad the way things turned out, you know, with my family. But I think uh, I was looking at things different. and I was going, oh, man, my mom would be so mad about this bike, but she'd be so happy about everything else. And the bike had driven me to that place yeah. in my that world that I was now in. Yeah. That bike drove me there. I didn't drive it. And, uh, and that, that was, it was just a, a a beautiful moment. So what, when you ask about bikes and what they mean to people, to girls who drive or guys who ride, old people, young people, whoever, um, don't ride if it makes your mama unhappy because there'll be a day when you wish you did everything to make your mama happy. But, uh. I think my mom would be happy where that, that bike has driven me. You better make your mind up And take the medicine Before I
3: change my mind and go
0: Part one of two with one Miss Lacey Kendall. Tune in next time for the rest.
1: American Roadrunner brings you a Roadrunner in the Headlight.
0: One of our sixth annual riders crushed his second 1K this year on his 2019 Harley Davidson Road Ride Special, 1,012 miles in 15 hours, 58 minutes. Congrats on another one, Leo. Thanks for supporting the ride year after year. He writes, I've ridden this 1k exact route before, but this time it was for my first visit to the Sturgis Rally. That's right. After all the miles I've ridden, I'd never been to the rally. I wasn't sure what to expect, and I'm not really a crowd person. Ironically enough, With COVID, I had an excuse to distance myself if need be. I had no idea that it'd be totally simple to spend the entire week exploring alone. This makes my eighth 1K in 24 hours and my second for 2020. Special thanks to Ride 1K in a Day for making this fun. Well written. Glad you got to enjoy Old Sturgis up there. I know it's one of my favorite places. Congrats, Leo. One of our good old friends, Mr. Warbeard, crushed his second annual 1K with a few friends. 1,007 miles in 22 hours, 7 minutes on his 2018 Kawasaki Vulcan 900 Classic LT. I really enjoy his perspective on this ride. Not just this ride, but anytime you see him out tackling the challenges. Congratulations, Mr. Warbeard looked like he killed it. If you don't know him, you can check him out on the gram at the Warbeard or on the YouTube. He's got a nice little channel. So Mr. Warbeard rides. To be completely honest, this ride starts like any other epic adventure. As a crazy idea, Ghost Ninja Ace D K6 and myself have done a long distance riding saddle Saddlesore 1K rides in the past, but never together. We just had the idea it'd be fun just to grab our box and go to Reno, Nevada from Southern California and back. We had loosely planned to leave from Hemet, California on July 12, 2020 at midnight. Head up Highway 395 to Reno, Nevada to the 80 and head back down the 99 and return to Hemet, California on June 13th and stop for grub in Reno, Nevada. But that's all we had planned. Didn't think we'd actually go through with it, but we're all just that type of hold my beer lunatics. Without a true plan or mapped out route, we loaded up the bikes and prepared for the road ahead. Despite all we had gone through as a group and individuals during this expedition, this whole experience was one epic adventure! From riding through pitch black desert to riding into a sunrise, then in turn freezing our asses off in the little celebrations of minor accomplishments and leading into a mind-numbing, butt-down, one hell of a blaze of road only to conquer all of that and arrive back home. We all came out of it with a new appreciation for each other and the elements of the road. There is nothing like crushing some miles with your friends and being able to share experiences that some couldn't even fathom of being capable of coming close to. I urge anyone and everyone to at least attempt this challenge. The rewards 10 to 1 outweigh the trials and tribulations you'll go through. So grab your box and buddies, get out there and have some epic fucking adventures. Signed, Mr. Warbeard. Congratulations, amigo Warbeard. If y'all don't know as well, I know in my recent weight loss race against one Mr. Dump Truck of losing 50 pounds in six and a half months, Mr. Warbeard was a great inspiration. Appreciate your friendship. Appreciate your epic words. Thanks for being around for the rest of us, Warbeard. Let's get on over to D. Boone underscore 96 knocking out this one plus halfway across the country as part of a coast to coast ride. 1,057 miles in 16 hours, 12 minutes. Also, 1,557 miles in 23 hours, 47 minutes. Worth mentioning. This is on his 2019 Harley-Davidson road Glide. He writes, I left my hometown of Waterford, Connecticut, embarking on a cross-country ride on July 24th with Kansas in mind as my first stop. I continued on traveling through New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and ended in Ellsworth, Connecticut, using I-70 as my main route. Well written. Congratulations, D. Boone underscore 96. Knocking it out. And on over at FX underscore Steve crushed his 1K with a few friends leaving Sturgis on his 2008 Harley-Davidson Softtail Lowrider, low rider, 1,003 miles in 19 hours, 17 minutes, and then 300 more before calling it done. This is a good one. I'm going to need a sip of coffee to get through this one. Mm. It started with having a killer time out at Sturgis which was 1,600 miles, two days ride to get there, along with a little sleep and a lot of late nights, and decided Tuesday night to take off before sunup Wednesday. The plan was to see how far we made it before we were too tired to get a hotel along the way. None of us had more than three hours sleep that night. Got up, got ready, filled up in Sturgis just after 5 a.m., and took off. We were in Wyoming pretty quick. Stopped for breakfast and a gas top off. Ran into a buddy from back home riding solo with his wife on the back and he ended up tagging along. Kept on going through Wyoming and man, that took forever. Another sip of coffee. Mm. Dropped into Utah finally and rode around Salt Lake City down 189 around Deer Creek, Resi, which was pretty dope and led to a bunch of downhill fast-paced sweepers that we were able to rip through. Onward to Nevada, we stopped in Mesquite, Nevada at 11 p.m., where we thought we were going to get a hotel. That was our 1K mile marker, and after some shitty McDonald's sandwiches, we decided to push on home for another five hours to avoid the next day's heat. Vegas came quick and easy. Prim was the same. After that, started to get hazy, and we started going into overdrive but we made it to our last stop in Yermo, California after a hot ride through the Mojave at 3 a.m. and nailed the last 80-plus miles down into San Bernardino at 4.50 a.m. And that's the only time I've ever been happy to park the bike. I can imagine coming down the 15 into Dew, always a good trip. I've done this ride, particular ride, a few times myself. But boy, they they really killed it. I'll have to mark it sometime. It's a good idea at Ride 1K. We'll see how it all works out. Mr. FX Steve, congratulations. Thanks for staring a store with us. Getting from Sturgis to old San Bernardino and such. Someone named D. Woods 96 crushed this one K on his 2004 Harley Road Glide. If you don't remember D. Woods 96, he might have a cool little podcast, The V-Twin Life, that I happen to be a guest on lately. Old Mr. D. Woods 96 did this 1,014 miles in 19 hours, 8 minutes. He writes, what an adventure. I will do it again. Going from Port Angeles, Washington, to Missoula, Montana, over Lulu Pass, and down to Kuna, Idaho. The weather was awesome. I had family down there I was going to hang out with for a week, and we had an awesome time. Almost ran out of gas past Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Missed my exit, but luckily I found Lake Ross General Store about 15 miles later with the gas light on. 4.5 4.5 gallons of gas in a 5-gallon tank. Got wet over low, low pass in 90-degree heat. Five minutes of heavy rain, then back to the heat. And 10 minutes later, I was dry. But just over 18 hours total, I made it to Kuna, Idaho. I had fun. Doing these 1K trips is not as hard as many think. Give it a try. You will see. Well written. Mr. D. Woods, don't forget to check out his little podcast. The V-Twin Laugh anywhere you find podcasts. On over, on the west, southwest coast, somewhere here in the lovely state we call California, at Eddie underscore Tejas, crushed his 1K almost loop on his 2008 Harley Street Bob 1014 miles. In 23 hours, 23 minutes. Great way to shake off the gremlins after a few wrecks of the previous year. He writes, I wanted to take on this riding challenge since the beginning. The year I started, I was in an accident. Then the next year, another accident. Both from stupid car drivers not looking for a motorcyclist. I'm not an LA native, so my head wasn't into riding. I would occasionally ride it to work, I need something to kill the gremlins in my head. No better way than riding 1,000 miles in 24 hours. I started late morning, full of coffee and water. Bad idea. First 200 miles, I had to stop to relieve myself, slowing me down, along with a crazy headwind. I could feel the helmet smashing my forehead. Going north on the 105, then came the 80 to Reno at dark. It was cold in those mountains. Add total darkness to a frozen ride on the 80 east and 395 south. Made for a long night. That is until the sun came back up as I dropped in the valley. Now that I could see again, I dropped the hammer to make sure I completed the challenge in time. I was hoping to make it a full loop, but I learned a valuable lesson. Get a saddleman! Harley seats suck! My old ass had to stop and rest it. Well, I made just over 1,000 miles in a little more than 23 hours. I plan to flip the loop and see if I can't make a better time. The gremlins are gone. I'm sitting here, knees, hands, and butt aching, ready to do it again. That's right, and don't forget to employ the saddle rag if you ever feel like it. It works for me, man, just an old Mexican southwest blanket you sit on and read Freaking folded every gas stop. I write all about it in my book. But everywhere you go, you'll see me sitting on a damn saddle rack. Congratulations! On the gram, Eddie underscore Tejas. Flying across the country, back to the northeast. On the gram, at tour camp, knocked out this 1K loop to the Mackinac Bridge and back on his 2018 Harley Street Glide. 1,002 miles in 14 hours and 34 minutes. And 98 more miles to finish in 16 hours, 13 minutes. I gotta get to the Mack Bridge myself. I tell you what, this place looks freaking awesome. This is good stuff. Let's read all about what Mr. Michigan here has to say. I've been eyeing this one for a long time. I've done lots of 700-ish days, and the 1K is just something that I hadn't put together. Finally, I decided to just go for it. I wanted to keep speeds up, so I stuck with highways I was familiar with. Everything was going smooth for my first go. At about 800 miles, my route was only showing 150 miles remaining. So I stretched the route without realizing Google was measuring to my last waypoint, not my destination. I managed to sort this out about 40 miles before I hit 1K. Removing the waypoint, I had almost 100 miles to get back home. Little longer than I expected, but I got treated to a killer sunset cruise. I had a great time. It definitely opened my eyes to just how much ground you can cover. I'll be hitting this up again. Good idea. Congratulations to the Mackinac and back all in Michigan.
3: Hey, what's up? I'm Jeremy James, and I'm on Dirty Radio every Friday from 3 to 6 for Free For All Fridays. I'm talking rock, metal, hip-hop, punk, ska, alternative, three hours to play whatever the fuck I want. And bet your ass that's exactly what I do. Whoa. Don't give me that kind of control. Here we go. Check it out. Fridays at 3 o'clock on Dirty Radio, the app that rocks.
0: Somewhere back in the southwest, there's a man named David Blackley knocked out his 1K loop on his 2019 Harley Road clean. The man is not on Instagram, and that's okay. Good to share his story. 1,025 miles in 16 hours, 59 minutes. He wrote, I finally decided to take the 1K ride this week before fall weather started. I got up at 238M in order to ride as much in the cooler weather and less traffic, and started at a gas station near my house and in the freeway in Orem-Lindon, Utah. My first stop was in Wendover, Nevada, and although it was still the wee hours of the morning, there was still a lot of people on the streets wandering from casino to casino. Then rode through the darkness, and my next stop in Battle Mountain, Nevada. The sun was beginning to come up and I got some relief from the bitter cold from the high desert around Elko. After driving through downtown Winnemucca to catch Route 95, I rode through the most enjoyable part of my ride as I took the highway through northern Nevada and eastern Oregon. As I approached Boise for the next fuel stop, I loved crossing over the Snake River and enjoying seeing all the potato farms in the area. The next part of my ride was hot, and the truck traffic on I-84 was a pain. There's also a number of road projects going on, so this was the least favorite part until I stopped in Burley, Idaho, Hayborn. The weather got a bit cooler, and I started back on familiar roads as I came back into Utah and made it down I-15 to my home in Utah Valley. It was a long day, but an amazing trip. Well said, David. Welcome to the club. Let's get over to Mike Hill87 on the gram, crushing a 1K to Sturgis, showing these trailer queens how it's done. 1,038 miles in 19 hours, 1 minute on his 2013 Harley FLTRU. He rides. About two days before the ride, I decided to hell with it. I'm going to Sturgis this year, and I do my first 1K in a day. The thing about this trip was that I worked nights and didn't get off work until 6 a.m. So on August 13, 2020, I got off work at 6 a.m. and was home by 7.30 a.m. I proceeded to start packing my bike. Unfortunately, I didn't get done till almost 5 p.m. See, not only was I doing a 1K in a day, I was going to be gone 13 days on the bike camping and including 11 states taking me through the Black Hills, Bighorn National Forest, Beartooth Path, Yellowstone Park, Grand Teton National Park, Jackson Hole, and through Moab, to Orway, to Ride, Telluride and the Million Dollar Highway, and through Gunnison National Forest, to Pikes Peak, and Ending, doing the Raton Pass, heading home for a total of 4,255 miles. Totally unplanned trip, and by myself, and never camped off my bike before. So after getting the scooter packed, I laid down for a nap, getting up at 10 p.m., and being at the gas pump, heading out by 1120-ish p.m. Now, my plan was to stay on the major highways since from Oklahoma City to Sturgis is only like 890 miles. I had to route it a little longer. The plan was to head north on I-35 to Topeka, Kansas, and get on US-75 to the I-29 to J&L Harley Davidson dealership in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and then on I-90 West to Sturgis. The route wasn't bad, except US 75 is a two-lane rural road, and at 3-ish a.m. in the morning, the road was very dark and had patches of fog. But I made it and carried on through Omaha, Nebraska, to Sioux City, Iowa, and made it to Jane l Harley-Davidson in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, by 9.30-ish a.m. to actually rest and eat a little bit of saddlebag food, some tuna, cheese, and crackers, and a power bar. After getting charged up, I headed west on I-90 to Sturgis. Made it 90 miles down the road for another fill-up. And then, after 77 miles, I had to fill up again due to the wind on I-90. I used 2.9 gallons. I wasn't going to make it very far on those miles per gallon. I made it past the Badlands. Well done, sir. Welcome. Congratulations on getting out and enjoying these Americas. You're totally rocking it running on road, Mikel87 on the gram, welcome.
1: Let's get back to the road with Bob Marshall.
0: Y'all ready for some more Rancho Craig Amunga? Breaking our records for most consecutive rides. Five. So he rents a 2019 Harley Electroglide to get it done. Makes sense. After all, he did blow his motor twice this year on our rides. So day one, 1,008 miles in 14 hours, 46 minutes. Wow, that's fast. Day two, 1,010 miles in 14 hours, 38 minutes. Even faster. 5K total, 5,026 miles in four days, 10 hours, 17 minutes. 73 hours and 47 minutes of that crushing the 1Ks. Rancho Cucamonga, Craig. Craig from Rancho Cucamonga on the gram at Rancho Craig Amonga. Congratulations on getting it done, man. You're just killing it. I reckon if you got to get out and put some real miles on a bike, renting one is not a bad idea. Thanks for the idea, sir. So rocking out another record as Craig does, 5K in five days. Here's day three. Day three of the 5K five-day ride. Day three, 1,003 miles, 14 hours, 31 minutes. Day four. 1,004 miles in 15 hours, 46 minutes. Again, 5K total, 5,026 miles in 4 days, 10 hours, 17 minutes. That's 73 hours, 43 minutes spent crushing 1Ks. Well done, sir. Let's just give you a few more rings for the badasseries. Day five of five. Here we go. Rancho Amonga. Final 1K ride on his quest to crush 5K in five days. Again, he rents a Harley, goes out to get it done. Finishes this one 1,001 miles in 14 hours, six minutes. Fifth day total, 5,026 miles, four days, 10 hours, 17 minutes. That's just how it worked out. 73 hours and 47 minutes of it in the saddle. Y'all might be wondering where all his ride stories are. Well, I'll tell you. When we asked Craig, he said, sorry, man, I'm a numbers guy. That's just fine. What a great answer. Yes, you are a numbers guy. Three records, 18 total rides, 15 rides this year, 5K in five days. What's next for Rancho Craigamonga? Only the future will tell us. Congratulations, sir. 5K, five days. And our old buddy, SD underscore real underscore estate, crushing a 1K loop in sunny California, which is good. His eighth this year, ninth overall. He's got, he might have a few more stories to submit, but here's what he writes on this one. Southern California, he writes, after turning several 1Ks into a couple day trip, Work and life forced me into having to do a turn and burn again. I was annoyed and actually a little frustrated that I had committed myself to this one-the-month thing. Life was busy, and I was out of days in the month. I just wasn't a good time to check out for a day. Just after the first gas fill, I was getting on the freeway, and that all went away. And I was immediately reminded on exactly why I committed myself to this one a month thing. So, I would prioritize the important shit. The smile hit my face, and it stayed there for the better part of the entire day. I acted annoyed when the ranger at Yosemite turned me around at the gates for not having a reservation. But as I pulled away, I was pretty happy that he directed me to the 108 to cross over. I'm always stoked to find myself on a road I've never been on before. The ride was epic and very relaxing. After doing the last couple with the time goal, this was amazing. Walked into a gas station for a snack. Taking time to actually chew it felt like a real luxury. Well, tomorrow is the last day of August, and I'm just now posting this. So yeah, another hectic month. But I'm not annoying this time. I know tomorrow morning I'll get on the bike, and everything will be as it should can't wait hashtag miles for smiles hashtag do fun shit congratulations our old friend SD underscore real estate let's get to a good one the mad flying frenchman crushing this pnw loop way up north in washington bit of oregon on his 2008 bmw r 1200 gsa 1,012 miles in 17 hours and 20 minutes. He writes, Literally, I planned this the day before. My buddy Jeff was on leave from aerial firefighting for five days, and I asked if he wanted to go. It was my day off, so we went. Pretty rad trip. Totally mental cleanse. I can only imagine. Congratulations at the mad flying Frenchman on the gram, crushing a 1K. Let's get to a good one. Rider 1 of 6. This sounds pretty freaking epic. From here in Southern California, up north and back again. This one's at the Rider underscore MU underscore 142. Crushing the 1K loop with a few buds. 1,051 miles in 22 hours 50 minutes on his 2007 Harley Street Bob. Riding through hot Mojave Desert started at midnight to the early morning, watching the sun rise from the western Nevadas. We rode northward on the looping back to the 50 west down Highway 395, greeted with the smoky air from the nearby fires. We rode onward towards night, making good time. We made it under 24 hours, six Harley Davidsons, and one Yamaha 1,000 miles. Congratulations, y'all. More to come. Rider 2 of 6 at bust underscore buster, crushing a 1K loop with his friends, 1,049 miles, 22 hours and 46 minutes on his 2017 Harley 48 Sportster. He writes, To think I'd take my Sportster with a 2.1 gallon peanut tank on a 1K ride, but it was all worth it. Riding through the Mojave Desert in the early hours of the morning was awesome. To end up at Area 51 Alien Center right before sunrise was amazing. Finally found out how many miles per gallon my sportster does on the highway. So glad I brought a two gallon reservoir for emergencies. Filling up 14 times at a gas station and 5 times on the side of the road due to low fuel was funny to me. Felt like I slowed down the group, but it helped to get a stretch in by stopping more often. Driving past Mono Lake was an amazing experience. Lastly, to the final stretch home as time was ticking was a rush. Good wake-up call, getting back on the road, start gaining miles. Would most definitely do it again, an experience I would never forget. getting serious rider three of six at vodka in milk crushed 1k loop with a few friends whilst whoa look at won the monthly giveaway as well he did 1012 miles in 21 hours 29 minutes on his 2020 harley iron 1200 his story gets right to the point he rides was super fun And that is all he wrote. Congratulations on the gram. Vodka and milk crushing the 1K loop. Rider four of six. at Onus Adventures on the gram. Knocking out the 1K loop with a few friends. 1,012 miles, 21 hours and 26 minutes on his 2020 Harley Street Bob. Here's his story. I'm going to need a cup of coffee for this one. Oh, we started at midnight on the hottest record-breaking weekend in Los Angeles with one to two hours of sleep, made our way up the 15 north to Area 51. Blasting through the night heat, we eventually made our way to Sinclair, Nevada, and thank God for the cool air as we headed towards Carson City and eventually heading back down the 395 south where the most incredible views awaited us until we were met with fire clouds and blasting heat wave from the Mojave Desert. We all finished exhausted and some of us in some pain and double vision, but we all made it home safely. Amazing 1K experience, well written. ONOS Adventures on the gram. Rider 5 of 6 at Brian 4560 knocked out his 1K loop with friends. This is doing 1,065 miles, 22 hours, 47 minutes on his 2020 Harley Iron 1200, he writes. My first 200 plus miles happened to be the ride 1K in a day, more so not having slept at all since the 7 a.m. of the day before, having gone to work. Although it wasn't the best idea to jump to this ride so soon, I could not miss this experience with this awesome group of people. This ride literally beat my ass. We started off at midnight and spent the whole day riding to finish this challenge. We saw the sunrise in between the mountains, riding on Highway 127. We tried to beat sunset, but darkness quickly caught up to us. I had a great time completing this ride. I will definitely be back to complete this once again. Well done. Well written. At Brian4560 on the gram. Let's get to Rider 6 of 6. T-I-M-M underscore M-M-A-Y-Y crushing this 1K loop with friends. 1,009 miles, 21 hours, 37 minutes on his 2007 Yamaha Roadliner. Congrats to the whole group. 6 of 6, you guys are rocking it. He writes, There are many things a person could complete in 24 hours. However, Riding 1,000 miles in 24 hours is definitely not for everyone. The first 108 miles went down pretty easily. The last 200 miles kicked me pretty good and I barely made it home due to a rocking mix of dehydration and overall fatigue. Thanks to the support of my group, I made it home. Doing 1K in a day is a way to become one with your bike. Boy, that's an understatement. Welcome to the group.
3: Hey, what's happening? I'm Jeremy James, and my new show is coming to Dirty Radio. Kick Rocks, the hip-hop alternative. So, yeah, it's an alternative hip-hop show. Rap rock, rap metal, old-school rap, underground hip-hop... Let friends listen to rap metal. Hey, yeah, you can ignore that last part. Kick Rocks, the hip-hop alternative with me, Jeremy James. Saturdays, 5 to 7 p.m. Coming soon to Dirty Radio.
1: Let's go to the corner. It's time to talk tech.
0: Welcome back to the tech corner. So, it has been brought to my attention. I just don't do enough of these And it occurs to me how much I'm fortunate enough that people reach out to me throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month with good questions. So this one actually came to me today from S.J. Cooper 87 on the gram. He says simply, what do you do when it all comes down to having your windshield in front of you, in front of your line of sight and riding through the rain. How do you keep the rain off the old windshield? Well, I'll tell you, there's a few different ways to do it. I'm sure we've all heard of it. Pledge. Pledge is pretty cool, but you got to carry it around. You got to carry a soft cloth with it. And I'm talking just, you know, soft lemon scent, furniture polish, 99 cent store stuff, maybe $2 store stuff these days. Who knows? But the answer is you have to apply it several times. And if you're in the rain, you get to apply it at every gas station. And if you happen to mount a motorcycle and get to look through a windshield, a tall windshield, i.e., Goldwing, i.e., you know, tall fairing, whatever it may be, the answer is going to be something like pledge to keep the rain off. Apply it once a day just in case, apply it as needed at the gas stops in the rain. The other thing you can do that I prefer to do, cut the windshield down where it's literally that half an inch beneath your eyesight. And needless to say, that does pretty well. I think uh, if you're going to ride with a saddle rag, you'll have to put your eyesight there. But the answer is about 20, 30 miles an hour and you're getting up to speed. You're on the highway doing 40, 50, 60. I mean, it's raining, so there's only so much you can do. Uh, You're going to create that nice wind barrier the water's going to come up and it's going to just barely clear your head right i really enjoy um wearing glasses when it's raining something that breathes if you have uh, a nice if you have pledge or some type of anti-fog you can put on your glasses that helps as well as you got to carry it with a soft cloth i've got a very small container of some magic stuff i forget exactly what it is but i bought it at a motorcycle show just for this purpose it works very well again i forget what it's called magic something but it's just for keeping the fog off the glasses you cannot will not you will be very unsuccessful in my humble opinion if you try to wear goggles in the rain if the temperature is good it might work but nine times out of ten if it's raining it's a little chilly sometimes though you catch that perfect summer rain where it's a nice 85 degrees. You might get away with that for a little bit, but otherwise it's going to steam. So the answer is you might get a little rain on the glasses. You'll get most of it on the top of your helmet, skidding off your helmet, if the windshield half an inch beneath your line of sight. But you'll have to cut the windshield to get that. So sometimes that can be hard to get. So the answer is, unless you're cutting down your own windshields, you're probably going to be looking through the windshield, on a tall fairing or some type of tall windshield, uh, an extra amount that you've added on, cool. Do the pledge. It worked for my dad. It's worked for me. One time I took a trip on my Goldwing with the tall windshield, and that's when I just decided I don't like it. So I chopped it down. Regardless, do you have a good time? Above all, in the rain, if you get to ride in the rain, it's okay to just kind of hang out pick the higher side of the road behind a big rig. You know he's leaving good open track for you, uh, you know, so it's the left side and expect that cars are going to pass you on the left and uh, they might even throw some good waterfalls at you. Who knows? But take your time, relax, kick it behind a nice big rig. That's what works for me. And now you might be asking, how does one even go about trimming down their windshield? Well, Let's have a quick talk about that. Obviously, figuring out the windshield has that curve for a reason. The curve is pretty darn cool. I recommend keeping a similar curve. You can draw it all out, cover it all in blue tape, just a good layer or two, including where you're going to cut. Find that nice jigsaw. Find a nice good surface with a towel on it, preferably, because you don't want to be scratching up that windshield. Face down get the jigsaw going, very, very fine tooth, nice and slow, have a good time with it, and it's plastic, so it's, it's really not super fine tooth, maybe it's more of like a medium fine tooth on the old jigsaw, but just doing that, taking your time with it, I always like to take a string and find the circumference from the middle of the windshield, that usually works pretty well, but something that's pretty similar, and you'd be amazed how nice you can get it, especially if you follow it up with a nice little file a little bit of sandpaper it uh, can look pretty factory stock so again the answer is blue tape good line to follow jigsaw medium fine blade nice and slow make sure you're not pushing too hard on the plastic because when you're pushing too hard on the plastic and or the jigsaw that's when it breaks don't ask me how i know that thank you for your question this has been your tech corner American Roadrunner Motorcycle Show.
1: American Roadrunner. American Roadrunner. American Roadrunner. American American Roadrunner. All I want is a machine between my legs and open road. Show music is brought to you by Meek. The American Roadrunner Motorcycle Show is brought to you by the book, American Roadrunner, and is an American Roadrunner publishing production. Find us online at AmericanRoadrunnerTheBook.com. Find the book on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Keep up with author and racer Bob Marshall and all his adventures and stories from the road on Instagram and Facebook at American Roadrunner. We'll see you on the road.